Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. You'll be plenty warm. I've got you wrapped up in your mother's old blanket. Some start we've had, huh? A 90-mile walk? And for what? So you could be born in a stable? Back at home in Nazareth, I would have been able to build you a fine crib. But here, no crib. Now you must rest in the hay. If only I knew what I was doing. Your mother, now she's the one that's certain, having had the visit from the angel and all. I had a visit from an angel too, you know. I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for she will bear a child, and that child will be the Messiah, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will save the people from their sins. Do you hear that? You will save us from our sins. I don't know how that will be, but I am done doubting. You will be the Messiah, and I have been chosen to be the Messiah's Papa. I've got to get you back to your mother soon. I just wanted to bring you out here and show you the new star and tell you how happy you make me. But it's more than that. What did the shepherds say the angel told them? I bring good news of great joy. Yeah, that's it. You, my new fine boy, you bring me so much joy. Would you please pray with me? Oh God, we are getting so close, so close to the um, day that we celebrate your birth. But God, we remember there's so many other things that are going on around us. And we look at those things and, and we consider it joy. Joy because of all that you have given us. So God, as we spend this time together, we pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Yeah, I want to quickly just say thanks again to those four people uh, that, that came and brought messages from the uh, stable, you know, Jay, who was, uh, who were you? You Isaiah, that's right. I tell you, it's just going. And uh, we had Sarah playing Mary. We had Josh Glosson, who was a shepherd, and, and, and now Taylor Kincaid as, as Joseph. But, you know, all of that, and she probably, I don't know if she can hear me or if she's already bugged out because she may know that I was going to do this. I just want to thank Kat uh, Elliott for helping to put that all together. So if you see Kat, just thank her for her work, yes. <coughs> I love being able, whenever I have a drama idea, I can just go to her, and I know that she'll just take it, and she'll run with it, and I don't have to worry about it. 
That's a great disciple that, that she is. You know, I was uh, thinking about today's message, and, and, and one of the things that kept coming to my mind was this, this new trend. I guess it's a trend that's been going on for maybe about four or five years of, of gender reveal parties. Where, where couples who are expecting, well, they'll, they'll gather their family and their friends together and they'll do a, a, a gender reveal like popping a balloon or having something. I know uh, the Gilkinsons, I know they don't mind me uh, pointing this out, their daughter is expecting and they did a gender reveal that was really, really cool. The, the building that's usually great, I can't think of the name of the building, the Bank of America building in downtown Dallas, they were told to look uh, there on a specific day because they were going to do their gender reveal there, and uh, it turned pink, right? Yeah, I want to make sure I had the right color. Turned pink, so uh, that the girl could see that they were going to have a, a granddaughter, and those are cool. But one of the things that, 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 that caught me, and, and this is a, one of those rabbit holes that you can go down, is going to YouTube and looking at gender reveal fails. So, so funny. Just all of the things that went wrong, you know, the balloons popping and everybody covered with the colors and all of that type of stuff. And, you know, I, I was thinking and, and looking through all of that. And our scripture today is a gender revealing scripture. You know, a special, really surprising gender-revealing scripture because of who it was, it was to. So I want you to listen to our scripture this morning from the Gospel of, of Matthew, the uh, first chapter, verses 20 through 24. You can follow along with your Bibles or we'll have the words on the screen. Hear the word of the Lord. But after he, talking about Joseph, had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, and she will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name of Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins." All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as, as his wife. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. What a, a scripture. What, what a passage for us to, to contemplate and, and for us to remember this morning. You know, the Joseph character is one that, that has always fascinated me, uh, mainly because he's, he's one of those characters in, in scripture that is considered, or, or I would consider, to be a, a minor character but in all actuality, in his, his minorness, if you will, he was a major character. And, and what I mean by that is even though we don't see much of, of, of Joseph throughout all of Scripture, the, the short amount of time that we see him or hear of him, 
he played an extremely important part. Joseph is really only mentioned in three of the four Gospels. In the Gospel of Mark, we don't hear Joseph's name at all. But we really hear of him in, in Matthew and in Luke. And I think there's a total of about 16 times where Joseph is mentioned in scriptures. There's, there's first the genealogy that, that talks about the line that, that Joseph has come from. Then, of course, the birth narratives. Then we see uh, him fleeing from Herod to Egypt and then returning to Nazareth. And we also see how, how Joseph went and, and made sure that they followed the, the laws, the Jewish laws of taking Jesus to the temple for his circumcision and for, for his naming. And we also hear of Joseph and Mary making sure that Jesus got to Jerusalem every Passover and ending with that, that famous story in, in Luke, uh, in Luke chapter 2 when Jesus was 12 where they started to go back home and realized that Jesus wasn't with them. See, those are the only times that we really hear about who Joseph is. Later in the, in the Gospel of John, we see uh, Joseph being identified as Jesus' dad, but that's really it. The only times and places where, where Joseph is laid out in Scripture. <clears throat> but there was very important all of the things that, that Joseph did. First, through his genealogy, laying out that, that he was from the line of David so that Jesus would be a part of the line of David. Then following the rules and the customs, as I said, but... I think the most important thing was that Joseph took the role of protector of, of that, that, that tiny baby and making sure that he was listening and observing those signs that, that God had given him to make sure that Jesus was protected by going to Egypt. <clears throat> and for me, I, I crack up when I hear about that because I think of another Joseph, way back in the book of Genesis, who was sent to Egypt when he was tied and, 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 and bound. And by him being sent to Egypt, it helped save his family to protect them and, and to, to make sure that they were provided for when, when the uh, drought came and the family had to move from the promised land to Egypt. See, that, that role of protector, that role of somebody providing was, was laid out all the way in Genesis. But it was something that Joseph, the, the earthly father of Jesus, continued to do as he held this little baby. You know, I have a, uh, a grandson, Samuel. And, and while Samuel is not, you know, biologically mine, you know, he is my grandchild. And I remember the day that he was born. And I remember going to the hospital with Tracy and, and, and waiting in the waiting room. It was, it was a very, it was a horrible weather day in Dallas. There were some tornadoes that were, were hitting in the area. And I remember sitting in the waiting room and hearing the warnings that there were tornadoes in the area and wondering, what in the world are we going to do? But we waited. And we stayed there, and uh, after 
midnight, we finally got the call that Samuel was born. And we were able to go back to where Deborah was, and, and I had the opportunity to hold this little baby. And any time you get to hold a little baby, there's always joy. There's always joy, and there's always a sense that you will do whatever you can to protect the one you are holding. See, that, that is what I feel like what Joseph was feeling at this time. But Joseph was holding something a little bit more than just a, a, a stepson. He was holding the hope of the entire world. He was holding somebody that, that would be there to not only bring peace to the world, but to save him. In our scriptures, we hear that, that Joseph was given the opportunity to name the Christ child. And there were two names that this Christ child was given. First was Jesus, and this was the name that he and Mary gave him when they presented him in the temple. And, and Jesus means one who saves. And Taylor uh, mentioned that in his little script about how Jesus came to, to save all of God's people. And that's extremely important because we know that we can't save ourselves. That, that, it, that it's taken someone to, to step in the gap for us to, to save us from our, our sinful natures. To, to make us one again with the one who loved us and created us. But when we stop there, we, we miss the important part of the story. Not saying that us being saved from our sins is important, but what are we saved for? And I think God gives us what we are saved for by the second name that this Christ child was given. And that name is Emmanuel which means God is with us. We're, we're, we're given a picture of, of how this, this God, how, how this Jesus came to, to live and experience life with us. No other scripture puts it the best way except for John 1.14 that says that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. See, it, it is that gift, that face-to-face that -face gift that we can experience the joy given through Christ. That, that we can experience this life because we know that, that God through Jesus has experienced this life also, he knows joy. He knows peace. He knows pain. He knows what it feels like to comfort. He knows what it feels like to lose those that he loved and he cared for. But the thing that we must remember, that, that Jesus just didn't come to experience life like we experience, but Jesus came to, to preach a message. 
And we hear that message in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, when Jesus himself said that the time has come, that the kingdom of God has come near to repent and believe the good news. Now, we, we have a tendency to only focus on the repent and believe the good news, but as followers of Jesus Christ, we must remember that he gave us a message that the kingdom of God has come near. And what that means for me, and, and I hope that means for you, brothers and sisters, is that the kingdom of God is not something that we, we wait for. That, that, that one day we will be able to experience, but that since the kingdom of God has come near, that it is something that we can participate in right now. That, that the work that we do, that, that, that the joy that we, we feel, that the fellowship that we have with one another is a, is a way that we participate in the kingdom of God among us. See, when we say God is with us, it doesn't mean that we, we know that God was here at one time, but that God continues to be in and around us. And we live in that. And we know that the main way that we experience that is through the joy. The joy of, of, of being a child of God. So how do we understand that? How, how do we know that? First of all, we must know that our entire lives matters to God. Everything that we are, everything that we do, it matters to God because God wants to have a with us life. All the time that we spend in worship, all the time that we spend to, to serve one another, all of that matters to the God who loves and cares for us because God has given himself to us. And, and we have this hope. We have this peace. We have this knowledge that when we feel like we can't do it, when we feel like we're at the end of our rope or, or we feel like we just can't go on, that is where God's strength comes in. 2 Corinthians 12, 19 says it this way. God says to us, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. See, my friends, we, we, we have a tendency to take the Christmas story and, and place it as a time and space and something that has happened in, in one particular moment, but it's a story that we should live out over and over again. The, the, the indwelling of Christ in us gives us strength when we can't go on. It gives us the opportunity and the hope to know that, that somebody is always there beside us, cheering us on, calling us to a greater good, calling us to be in a relationship that not only strengthens us, 
but then gives us what we need to fully live out that with God's life to reach out and to serve others. See, we we miss the mark when we fail to, to realize that when we hold on to the with God life, then we are then called to acts of justice, acts of grace, and acts of mercy. When we then turn around and take the good news that God has given us, we then take the opportunity to share with others, or as Micah 6, 8 says, to love justice, to do mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. My friends, that is what the message of Christmas is about. It's not about gifts. It's not about trying to do whatever we can to make other people happy. It's not about trying to decide who wins and who loses, but it is all about a Savior who came for us to, to, to free us from our sins so that we can then live a with God life to proclaim the good news that Christ has come for all people. And through his love and grace, he calls us to be sons and daughters of God so that we can then share that love with others. Let us pray. Oh God, you have given us the opportunity to share a with God life, to share in, in the journey, to invite you along, to, to say, God, we want to experience your kingdom here. Help us. Free us. Use us so that we may then proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ to the world around us. God, as we are just two days away from the birth celebration. <clears throat> Help us to, to move forward joyfully, even though we may not feel joyful. Help us to know that you are there in the midst of, of all of our feelings, all of our trials, all of our, our circumstances. Help us to sing joy to the world and help us to bring peace on your earth. So Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.